July 2010. Zoggy, Rich, and I are on an expedition, ready to pitch our tent for the first night. Months of preparation of letters here, backpacks fully equipped against the heat and the dust storms, the roars and the screeching tires of the British Grand Prix. It's 3 a.m. Very late to be filling in this journal, I know, but should we not make it back, I feel it's important that there is a record of our achievements for Britain. I'm not sure if it's the lack of sleep or the lager-based medicines, but we appear to be in a strange and wondrous land, and I can hear jungle drums. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed, and the sound of Formula One in 2010 is this. Listen. The sound of a small party happening in the distance. In, uh, on the playing fields of a, of a public school. I don't is, know what that says yeah. about Formula One 2010. I think it just says that there's a public school near Silverstone and Virgin Racing managed well, to hire it. to hire bits of yeah. it for, uh, And did you notice there's a brilliant tenuous link in the uh, press release that said, well, Richard Branson came here for a while. Uh, well, Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Let well, me explain. Go. We are, <laughs> Zog, Richard and I, at the Virgin Experience Virgin Racing campsite which is at Stowe School at Stowe the town the village somewhere near Silverstone yeah which gives its name to part of the race that we know so well the British Grand Prix and Virgin have attempted to sort of bridge that gulf between Formula One and the fans by arranging a campsite and a bit of a party to which we were invited. It's good, isn't it, guys? Absolutely, having a great time. And it's good to actually have a bit of an experience here at the British Grand Prix, which is, you know, in, in a small way, uh, it's just, you know, reminding a bit of that Le Mans experience that, yeah. that we love of spending more time than just the race itself and, you know, there being a bit of a party atmosphere. No, who, would, who wouldn't like that? It's wonderful to be able to hang out with a bunch of people and make jokes about Timo Glock DJing <laughs> and, and for them to actually get what you're talking about. Because that's mooted, Richard, isn't it? You, you, you know about this. Well, yeah, yeah, I know about it because you told me about yes. it. But... <laughs> it's a rumour that you've started, yeah. Gareth. Exactly. <laughs> I think this is coming entirely from you. I don't believe that Timo Glock is on the wheels of steel. He has enough trouble with the wheels of carbon fibre <laughs> and aluminium. <laughs> So why would he want to go and DJ? I don't know. We've talked about this before, possibly on the programme. I don't know. I always get reality and audio mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> but the, Timo Glock has a massively Germanic taste in music. And the fact is, I, I can't think of any German artists apart from Kraftwerk, who obviously we love and respect. Very much, yes. And Nina, Absolutely. who we're kind of indifferent about. And then, I don't know, Ramstein, You might be indifferent. Who, what, 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 She's what, lovely. What, in 1984 she was. <laughs> Uh, come on, we've got to have a, a Noi as well. Uh, Noi, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, well, there are about, yeah, and Noi about them as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I should explain the Krups also. Krups, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been mooted that Timo Glock is going to do a DJ set at some point over the Ulrich weekend. Schnauss, if we could also bet. Ulrich Schnauss. Yes, Timo Glock is going to do a DJ set, and at the same time. I gather that Al Gashwari is going to do a reflective set of acoustic numbers on guitar. <laughs> Classic yeah. Yeah. Cafe it's also a little known fact that Jensen Button is, uh, plays a mean nose flute. 
and other things that we're just making up because that's not going to happen. It's Timo Glock rumor. Right? I've only just realised it now that Zog's pointed it out. You've made this up. It can't possibly be true. It was. It, it just can't. It was passed on to me by someone from Virgin, and I'm inclined to believe that they might be the right people to substantiate that rumour. I think they're just trying to draw a crowd. They're just going to go, oh, yeah, Timo Glock's going to do a DJ set. And then he's going to strap on a jetpack and he's going to shout, look, Mum, I'm going to the moon. He's going to zoom off into the night sky and explode. We should explain. And everyone's going to go, yeah, of course I'll go to that campsite because it sounds really interesting. Timo Glock and his zany antics. None of them are going to come to pass, uh, is my prediction. I'm sorry to be cynical about this, but unless Timo Glock turns up right now and tries to eat that caravan like Mon Sure, mange too. <laughs> then I am not buying any of it. Glock is in his bed, and I, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm rambling now, and I'll give you two reasons for that. First of all, I'm tired, and secondly, I'm quite drunk. What time have you been up since this morning? I got up this morning at 3:45 uh, a.m. Whoa. Why? Uh, Richard, tell us. Quite a long time Oh, because I've been whoring around doing some more stuff with microphones, but for Radio 5 Live, did the breakfast show this morning and doing some... some you spent the rubbish. day with Karen Shandok today, didn't you? I, I, no, I spent some time with Karen Shandok yesterday. I was originally going to be shadowing him, but, you know, he's a busy bloke, and frankly, why on earth would he want to spend any time with me? He's got a lot of obligations to... No, but two separate sort of 10-15 minute chats with him after practice sessions. What a nice guy. And very, very expansive about the problems of the car. I mean, he's, he doesn't sort of go all out and say that it's a load of old sh- which, let's be honest, it, it basically is. And they haven't got the money. And we've seen that this week with the suddenly Bruno Senna being binned. And yeah, bless yeah. him, old, old Karun mm. Chandok was going, oh, yeah, no, and me and Bruno, when we are at a race, and he was talking like he's still a teammate because I think it was a surprise to him as much as anyone. Well, Karen and Bruno's relationship goes back to before F1 because yes. they were in the iSport team in GP2 yeah, yeah, yeah. and got on very well at that point they're actually quite matey and he was talking about this and he was telling us about going to hire car depots and because and, he drives a Volkswagen Passat as his road car Karen Shandok yeah Karen Shandok like, oh, you know what on earth why Why? And I, please say it's not the diesel at least you want to rev it and he went oh please he wouldn't even answer that he was just like oh please why would I bother I get to drive at 350 kilometres an hour out there nothing else can come close so why would I even try you know what's the point that's what Johnny Herbert said I, mean, yeah, yeah, we, we, I remember well, having a conversation with him about that. you know what are you driving at the moment yeah. and you know expecting that he might be driving some sort of fairly interesting car and he, you know, had a rather nondescript I think diesel estate because they get their I, kicks I get my kicks way. on the track you yeah, know, yeah. I, I don't drive like you know I don't want to well, drive yeah, like you say that, but, but um, uh, Jensen Button has a Bugatti Veyron, which he's trying to sell. I think he may have sold already. You know, for corporate reasons, has to turn up everywhere in a Mercedes. Mm. I won't tell you what he turned up at the Top Gear studio in, but it wasn't a Mercedes. <laughs> and he obviously quite likes cars. So it can work they, both they ways. Works both ways. Yeah, but I reckon that we're having the most fun in Formula One at the moment because. Well, no. What about Timo Glock, who's <laughs> currently building a massive submarine out of jelly, and uh, is going to negotiate the River Thames until he arrives in foggy London town? <laughs> We've said it before on this show that the back end of the grid is where the entertainment is. Yes. And John, this is. I recognise that is that, yeah. that quite. It's, it's, it's an it's an Oberheim OBX uh, s- synth sound that 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 synth As brass, used Oberheim. now by Mark Ronson in his new single Bang Bang Bang, which you've, if, I don't know if you've yeah. heard it, it's really Back good. And I'm convinced in my mind, and I grant you, even in when I'm not so catastrophically, ch- I've basically been up for 24 hours now. Yeah, oh. Again, in my mind. <laughs> 
Uh, it is very late. Do you know what? As well, I went for a beer last night. We went. We got back to the hotel and uh, I went for a beer. We sort of turned into a, a two or three beers and, and had some dinner. And then I was like, oh my god, I'm getting four hours sleep and I've just had a beer and I'd better have some water. And I got a litre of water from behind the bar. And I got up to my room and then I drank a litre of water in this sort of mad panic about I must not be dehydrated. It's so hot and I've had to have an hour. Stupidly yeah. had a beer or two because drinking a litre of water is just what you want to do before well, you go to so bed. So then I was having four hours sleep and halfway through that four hours sleep I had to get up to go for a wee because I'd drunk a litre of water like a massive idiot what was I saying I can't and, remember and you think that making this podcast is easy well, there, was a, a, there was a more salient point oh no it wasn't actually it was a I, rubbish point I was going to say that Mark Ronson song bang 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 listen carefully I'm convinced it referenced Paolo Cantarella the um, former boss of Fiat <laughs> I think I should listen to that Gareth Jones on speed at the British Grand Prix we're not drunk we've only had a taste we should talk about this race that we're going to enjoy tomorrow, sensibly. Is that at all possible? Almost certainly That's not at this time of the day. <laughs> no, Full respect to Virgin, first of all, for trying to bridge that gulf between F1 and the punters by doing an event like this, because I've never experienced anything like this before in Formula One. This is extraordinary. It's the opposite of the corporate, you can't get in here. This is, you can get in, all right, you've got to pay for it, but they're actually putting something back into F1 in terms of entertainment, aren't they? Yeah, although to be fair, I mean, I've only ever come to a race on the day before rather than you know coming up the night before for any kind of camping or anything. But, but yeah, it's not a huge scale thing, this. You know, it's I mean, a relatively small scale. But there's a great vibe. Everyone's having a good time here. There's no madness. There's you know there's not too much. You know there's, there's no great messiness going on over there if you like. But but everyone's great atmosphere. Everyone's having a good time. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, and okay, so good. Uh, I did say we talk about the race. I, I got off topic for a moment. John, the win. psychotic squid. Not to be confused with Paul, the psychic octopus. John predicts that Vettel's going to win it tomorrow because uh, the McLarens aren't looking as good as they should be. You know, in, in the remaining 30 seconds of this bit, who's going to win tomorrow? Richard. Richard's uh, going to win, no. No, I'm not. I'm going to say, I, well, if I am, then there's something's gone badly wrong for everyone, including Timo Glock. <laughs> Although, in fairness, he is uh, spent the entire evening building a massive likeness of John Noakes out of lollipop sticks in one of his other deranged stunts and then starting to burn it like it's the Wicker Man. Timo, focus on the driving, you DJing idiot. Um, I think Vettel will win tomorrow, uh, assuming that they don't uh, have a run of bad luck. And let's be honest, Red Bull, fragile car and not the lucky of teams Zog what he said I, I can't get the image of John Noakes made out of uh, <laughs> lollipop, lollipop sticks. sticks out of my head uh, Red Bull have to screw up in order not to win the race tomorrow you know well, did you see the size of that moth that just landed on my arm careful it'll have your arm off it's like a bloody Harrier jump jet <laughs> Piloted by Timo Glock, his enormous vertical takeoff tactical strike aircraft that takes the form of a moth. Gareth Jones on speed, bringing you hard motorsport fact. Step Central with Gareth Jones on speed! The three of us have made it through the night. Yet supplies are running low now. We only have 12 bottles of cider left and Zoggy is instigating a rationing system. At base camp this morning we managed to scrape together a rudimentary breakfast of orange juice, croissants, Swiss muesli, Nutella pancakes, fried egg rolls and organic fair trade coffee. This clearly isn't home, though, as we've had to do without essential items like the goblin teas made and glass coffee table with integrated magazine rack. 
Still, we struggle on. It's time to advance the expeditionary force now, so we've loaded up the trailer and are making our way across some very difficult terrain. Good morning. Could this be the slowest form of transport we've ever used on Gareth Jones on speed? I wish you could see this situation. I'm sitting next to Zog and Richard on a farm trailer that's branded Virgin Racing and it's been towed by a John Deere tractor across a bunch of fields from Stowe School where we camped and let's not deny it, partied last night over to the circuit. How are you feeling, Zog? Oh, I'm good. I've just got a fantastic coffee in my hand here from the most brilliant little coffee van at our bus stop. And, uh, yeah, this is just what I need. And I've, I've, so, ba- basically, I'm, I'm bowled over by the coffee, I have to say. We, we've met all the criteria for a good motor racing camping weekend so far. A field big enough to pitch the enormous on-speed tent. Enough quality coffee to avoid caffeine withdrawal which, and which you do uh, suffer from which, which I had, had quite a nasty attack of at Le Mans a couple of years ago <laughs> and never again and enough booze to make Richard talk nonsense about Karen Shandrick <laughs> at about 11 o'clock at night how are you feeling Rich? Good morning uh, I'm alright actually <laughs> I'm all right. Enjoy the helicopters at 8 o'clock this morning? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) In many ways, they were the least of my problems. But, yeah, thank you to all of the helicopter pilots who came in just that little bit lower because they saw a campsite. I think there was a Chinook circling over our tent, specifically our tent at about 7 this morning. Yeah, I think there might have been. Upside down as well to make all the tent flaps go... I bet you've never travelled to the British Grand Prix before on the back of a trailer. Is this something you guys have done before? They've had this kind of shuttle service at Goodwood before. And on a sunny day like this, beautiful. As long as he doesn't drive too fast and he gets any bumpier, it's a great way to get to the circuit. And who's the first person who's going to make a joke about the uh, Virgin tractor pulling this? Probably outperforms the Virgin car on the circuit today. <laughs> There you go. Uh, although it is, of course, true. This is beautiful. It's a lovely day. And one of the exciting things was um, waking up this morning. That was exciting in itself, realising I wasn't dead <laughs> from camping slash drinking or just so tired I fell into a coma. But waking up and then stepping outside and in the distance, just hearing racing cars. Because we don't know how far we are from the circuit. We're guessing about a mile or so, but... But just on the wind, in between the helicopters going overhead, like something out of the title sequence of MASH, we could hear the high-pitched scream of racing cars, and it just gave you that little tingle down your spine of like, I know where we're going today. And we're well on our way now as we cross this meadow. We'll speak to you again when we're uh, established in a grandstand. Gareth Jones on speed at the British Grand Prix. Yes, the British Grand Prix. I think we may have reached our destination. The natives seem to be gathering in large numbers now and getting rather excited. Many of them have climbed up into vast structures which will allow them to view this famed annual ritual that they call the British Grand Prix. Zog and I have been encouraged to join the locals, but we seem to have lost Richard. He was determined to find his own vantage point elsewhere. I... Hope we'll see him again, though I'm not sure we will. Well, as you can probably hear, we're established at our viewing point for the race. 
We're in the grandstand called Stow A. There are three Stow grandstands, A, B and C. We're in the first. So the cars are approaching us from the right-hand side. That's Stow Corner. They've got a slow to medium right-hander, followed by a fast left-hander, and then a slow left-hander. And this is a great place to watch the race from. We've got a view of the cars as they approach. Now, listen to this. We've some Polish guys behind, and here comes Robert Kubica, lads. No. It's your guy, isn't he? They've suddenly gone very quiet. They're making an awful lot of noise, but as soon as Kubica's on the circuit, they're quiet. So, Zog, who really is going to win this race today? Fettel. Definitely. Uh, I think so. I think you're probably right. One of the upshots of the new rules this season is that you've got to put together a good weekend. It's not just about the race, because there's no testing anymore. If you're bringing any new parts to the race, you have to make them work straight away on Friday. And if they don't work, you've got to ditch them. And that's what's happened to McLaren, isn't it? Yeah, but you've got to say that's the first time that they've really sort of put a foot wrong in terms of their development. They're, you know, they're extraordinarily good. McLaren are particularly good at developing a car during the season. You know, this is the first time they've turned up at a race and had to take a step back. So um, they're on their back heel, whereas Red Bull have the advantage, which is probably why we think Vettel could do it. I think it's going to be Vettel, Alonso, Weber. Yeah, although, you know, uh, Hamilton's fourth on the grid. He's a spectacular racer. And, you know, for all McLaren's trouble, they... They do put a good race together, so I think it's, yeah, it's going to be fantastic to watch this uh, play out. There's an amazing number of orange, or I think they call it rocket red, don't they? Of McLaren headgear and shirts in the grandstands everywhere we look. I've never seen so much orange. It's like being at the World Cup final, isn't it, today with all this orange? <laughs> yes. But we're Lewis and Button fans. We'd very much like to see them do well today. But what about the other race, OK? The HRT... Virgin Lotus race. Who's going to be the highest place of all those six drivers? It's not going to be Sako Yamamoto. No, is it? no, probably not. I'm going to go for Timo Glock. I'm going to go for Heike Kovalainen. Okay then. Right, we're seconds away from the start of the race now. Cars are all lined up on the grid. The last cars come to a halt. And they're away. And Lewis has got ahead of Alonso. Weber is ahead of Vettel. Lewis is third. He's got him. Kubitz is fourth by the looks of things on the screen. And here they come. Well, Bango 
goes my theory. There's Sebastian Vettel with a flat tyre on the rear, possibly contact from a front wing from a car behind, limping around at the back of the field, just in front of a safety car. Wow. 52 laps later. The winner of the British Grand Prix, Mark Webber, rolls past. He's actually come off the circuit and he's driving around the apron almost, waving at us. Lewis Hamilton does the same. Everybody's punching the air. That's a beautiful sight. And in third place in a Mercedes, Nico Rosberg. There goes Vettel. And listen to the shout for Jensen. Two Ferraris at the end. That's a beautiful sight. Not a great race, but a good race. It's not the most exciting, but great to see Lewis uh, hanging on for second there. A great it, drive from Vettel to recover from the position he was in as well. Absolutely. I mean, up to, what, seventh at the end from that disastrous start. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Dead last at one point. Yeah. Looked like he was going to be you know, possibly even lapped by... Lapped like by Weber where was closing point. on him yeah. uh, at one point. <laughs> You've got to credit to you know, McLaren running a great race and getting Button up into fourth as well. Um, they managed to put so that good weekend together in yeah, the end, yeah, just they, about. They really managed to salvage a much better weekend than uh, a lot of people would have expected, so yeah, all credit to them. Well, without the figures in front of me or a table, it's going to take me a little while to work out the finishing positions and the points to see who's where in the World Championship, but uh, I think we'll try and meet up with Richard and uh, we'll do that. Yeah, see where he's at. Just listen to that, the relative calm after the storm that was the British Grand Prix. Although I wouldn't say it was a storming race. I've met up with Richard now. Where did you watch the race from, Rich? Well, did you see much? I didn't see much. <laughs> I, I watched it from Cops, basically. I was hoping to go to Beckett's and around that sort of way, but it was absolutely packed. I didn't fancy having a shirtless man rubbing up against me throughout all the race. So, Plus, I was made slightly cross by... Um, I heard a lady describe the Red Arrows as silly. What? Which I think is just a little bit disrespectful. I mean, even well, if you're not particularly... Face, I hope. That was, uh... <laughs> no, no, she wasn't like on air traffic control, so stop that, you're being silly... Uh, but yeah, I thought how, how ridiculous. Uh, amongst other things, I heard a variety of, of strange and crass things. I saw a woman in a, in a shirt that had Dayglow lettering on the front that said, Marry me, Lewis. And if she's sincere about that, what does she think he's going to do with that request? Is she going to stop during the race? Whoa! Oh, windstorm! There's the storm. We just, we just got absolutely pebble-dashed. And, oh, and now the awning has taken off where we're waiting to get the Virgin shuttle, but a bunch of guys have managed to harness it to the ground that was almost a motor racing incident wasn't it managed to avoid uh, having anyone's eye out there were some racing incidents out there today what were the ferraris doing is that alonso trying to assert himself at ferrari again did you see that there's i did see that uh, yes alonso was responsible for the damage to massa's car or was it the yeah, other way around I, 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 I wasn't clear on that because 
I was in a position where I could go and stand near a speaker and hear commentary or I could go up the bank a bit and I could see the track better and see the big screen better. So I sort of oscillated between the two and managed to fit in buying an ice cream as well. So um, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I'll be honest, the big screen was a bit far away and one of my contact lenses is playing up. So, Well, listen, here's the top ten in case you missed it. Here we go. Well, some of the top ten. I have to fill in the blanks. Weber won, Lewis second, Nico third, Jensen fourth, Rubens fifth, which I think is good for Williams, and Vettel managed to finish in seventh after that disastrous first lap battle and more was than he, a battle he definitely Fisticus. finished in seventh because he managed to get another place back towards the end didn't he right right before the end but was that just to make that, seventh to make yeah. him seventh I think we'll have to check these later um, but there's some Sturm und Drang in uh, the Red Bull team still isn't there well I, I've just gathered from looking on Twitter that somebody thought he said on the radio after he finished not bad for the second driver is that right? That's yeah. what he said not bad for not the number bad for two number driver two. not bad for number two and I think he referred to Vettel as the other guy in the press conference which just you know did sounded like he was being quite dismissive wouldn't say yeah, his name not. seems like Mark Webber's a little bit out of sorts and he's responding in the best possible way I'm really happy with the way that race is finished because I mean you know, all the top four drivers there are drivers who I like to see do well as much as I would have loved to have seen Lewis win that race really happy to see Webber take it do you know why I think Webber's so quick today because of that crash he had with Kovalainen at the last race Mm. generally if a driver comes back from an almost near death experience they go quicker do you remember when Coulthard was involved in an air crash he was suddenly unstoppable for races after that and it's happened before big smash they go out and think I can do this I'm afraid of nothing and I think it does have a subtle psychological effect but enough of an effect to make a difference in the narrow margins that make the difference between second and first in Formula 1 if drivers hurt their legs, they tend not to be as quick when they come back. You certainly notice that. I think Weber only hurt his toe in that big flying accident, didn't he? That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's not really going to play on your mind so much. You're right. I suppose they start to feel invincible, and therefore they're just going for it. I don't know the psychology of it. I asked David Coulthard, who get me, about this on Friday when I was doing my radio stuff, and whether Weber would have any sort of knock-in confidence, and he went, "No, we just don't think like that." Interesting. I wonder what part Nigel Mansell played in that race today as the steward. Do you think he was surprised that they managed to keep going beyond three laps, which is all he could do at Le Mans? Probably just spent a lot of time talking about himself and forgot to steward the race entirely. (laughs) One of the difficulties of uh, attending a race like this is you probably don't follow the race as closely as you do when you're watching it on TV with all the interpretation stuff. Despite, you know, having a great commentary team, it is hard to hear what's going on. You only see one section of the circuit. We calculated, we saw the cars for about 20 seconds from that position that we were in today. All the way down that straight, through Stowe and out. That was a great place. Yeah, it's a um, great spot, yeah. And the new Silverstone circuit seems to give plenty of overtaking, but only in that section as well, because we didn't see any overtaking, did we, Zon? Uh, people were passing back, Mark but we didn't really see any passing for position. This was all happening within the loop, right? This sort of new bit yeah. that's coming. Oh, yeah. The arena, the arena yeah. complex. Yeah. And I think it's, I'm just looking at the map here. They come into it, Farm Curve, Village, the Loop, Aintree, and onto this new Wellington Strait. 115,000 people at Silverstone today, according to the statement they made earlier on. Wow. And uh, I think they've all gone away happy. Some of them well, are going away. They haven't gone away. They're stuck in a bloody queue trying to get out of here. You forget, actually. And I mean, Lord alone knows what they say. Oh, Donington. Donington, you know, they couldn't really have have held the race because logistically, oh, the infrastructure would be terrible. But my God, I mean, it's easier to get out of cold it's than it is 
to get out of Silverstone. I know it's easier to get out of Colditz now because it's a hotel, but I mean, like in 1944. <laughs> You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed with Richard Porter. Goodbye. Zog. Goodbye. And me, Gareth Jones. And if I can quote Nico Rosberg, who, uh, bless him, uh, we, we heard on the Silverstone TV channel him being interviewed in his own language in German. His first words were, Super happy. Yes. Uh, and he also said it about three times in the interview as well. And quite frankly, I'm super happy too. See ya. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>